I have a question for you. When you're anxious or stressed or angry or just a big old mix of emotions, what do you tend to do? We all have different coping mechanisms. We all have different things we go to to comfort ourselves when we're experiencing a lot of emotions. Sometimes those coping mechanisms are healthy and mindful, you know, the meditation and journaling and walking. Sometimes they could be seen as unhealthy or are comforting in the moment, but kind of affect us negatively down the road. Today, we're going to keep this a shame-free environment where we can get real honest about the coping mechanisms we tend to use when we're experiencing uncomfortable emotions. And we're going to talk about a few psychology-backed strategies that we can use to kind of let go of those coping mechanisms we don't want to use and get more in the habit of using healthier coping mechanisms. So are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome to The Self Set. On this podcast, we're cutting the shame out of traditional self-help advice. We're adding more self-compassion to self-improvement. Get ready to hear some unique perspectives and psychology strategies to help you embrace who you are right now as you become who you want to be. Let's get started. Full transparency, I got the idea for this episode while I was sitting in my car, crying my eyes out and shoveling McDonald's french fries in my mouth. I am a stress eater. I'll admit it. It's something that I feel like I felt guilty about in the past, especially as someone who loves self-help and personal development. You hear a lot of the, oh, when you're stressed, just meditate or just yoga or just get outside. And those are all great, but my go-to has definitely been greasy food. And that's not the only quote-unquote unhealthy coping mechanism I, I use. I also rely on social media. Just as a full escape, you know, I don't have to, I can shut my brain off and I can just scroll through mindless 30 second videos for hours. It feels odd talking about this, but it's something that I don't think we admit. I think we try to paint ourselves as like, oh yeah, I do healthy things. I'm such a healthy person. I'm all this. And you know, there are times where we are. Each of us have healthy and unhealthy coping mechanisms. I hesitate saying unhealthy because in themselves, they're not always unhealthy. I don't, I, I think everything's okay in moderation. But a lot of times there are certain coping mechanisms that make us feel worse down the road, you know, and eating unhealthy, uh, you know, stress eating, greasy food, scrolling through social media, uh, drinking a lot of alcohol. I think we all know that those things make us feel worse later, even if it's comforting in the moment. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I really don't want you to feel ashamed of the coping mechanisms you tend to use. You know, I I want us to just kind of own them right now because the reason why we use these certain coping mechanisms is that they've worked for us at some point. You know, they've been comforting to us in those points where we felt our lowest, even just in the moment, you know. And even if we feel guilty for relying on certain coping mechanisms, we owe it to ourselves to just acknowledge that like, it's okay that we've been using them, even if we're unhappy with ourselves about it. It's totally normal to do things that part of you, you know, knows is unhealthy. 
you know, we're human. Like we want whatever feels good in the moment. And greasy food feels good in the moment. Social media feels good in the moment. Alcohol feels good in the moment. We deserve a second of just recognizing that it's totally normal to go to these coping mechanisms and it's normal to get kind of hooked on them, to kind of rely on them. So why do we rely on coping mechanisms that we know are hurting us and how do we stop? How do we instead use healthy coping mechanisms? To find the answer, I went back to one of my favorite psychology books, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. If you haven't read it, highly recommend. It's a fascinating book about habit and addiction and why we tend to do the things we do as a whole. The main thing to understand about habits or in what, in this case, coping mechanisms that we use is that they come from a three-step cycle called the habit loop. It, there's a cue followed by a routine and a reward. For example, when I'm stressed, that's the cue. You know, I have that rise in cortisol, which is the stress hormone. I'm, you know, I'm starting to get the physical sensation of stress. And my routine is the action I tend to take, you know, the eating the greasy food. And I take that grease, I eat that greasy food because when I've done so in the past, there's been a reward. In this case, that comfort, you know, that decrease in cortisol in the moment. The book suggests in order to change your cycle, in order to replace these habits or coping mechanisms, first, you just got to get aware. You got to get aware of what your cue tends to be. One example the book uses is a woman who bites her nails. You know, that's definitely a coping mechanism a lot of people use when they're nervous or when they're bored. And so her therapist suggested that she keep an indexed card with her and make a little check mark every time she felt nervous or bored. You know, any time that she got that urge to bite her nails. So according to Charles Duhigg, it's so important to understand when these situations are coming up that are causing us to rely on these routines or these coping mechanisms and the reason behind them. You know, what reward are we trying to get from it? This book also talks about the idea of cravings. When it comes to cravings, there's something about your routine or your coping mechanism that you're finding comfort in. You know, with the example of the woman who's biting her nails, they actually came to the conclusion that it was also, it was the physical sensation of her art, of moving her arm, you know, moving her arm up to her mouth, that that's kind of what she'd gotten used to and knew that her reward was going to come from that. So instead, they were able to replace that. You know, they instructed her to, instead of lifting her hand up to her mouth to bite her nails, to just immediately shove her hand in her pocket. It's still working that same part of the brain. It's still a physical sensation. And ideally, it's still giving her the same reward. But it's just a different alternative to her typical habit. Let's apply it to other situations, you know. For myself, as someone who stress eats, you know, maybe it's not even just the food itself that's giving me the reward or the comfort. Maybe it's actually also the physical sensation of lifting food into my mouth. You know, that sensation of eating, regardless of what it is. In that case, 
I could take the steps to actually replace the routine there with either a healthier food or maybe some gum instead, that sensation of chewing, without having the negative consequence of eating unhealthy. Or, you know, if your go-to tends to be alcohol, it could be beyond just, you know, what alcohol does to your hormones and your emotions. It could also be the sensation you've gotten used to about, you know, lifting the glass up and drinking. With that in mind, you could be aware of when you tend to drink, you know, if it is when you're lonely or when you're stressed. And instead of going to the wine bottle, you can pour a glass of water and drink that or soda or something like that. The sensation of pouring a drink and drinking a beverage without it necessarily being alcohol. You know what I'm saying? These sound so small. And maybe if you are so used to your usual habits, these might not sound like real solutions, but I would definitely suggest trying them out. You know, that's what Charles Duhigg in this book is really suggesting is that it's these tiny changes that can lead to more, you know, because it is this type of reworking of your brain and your body that you have to do if you're in these habits. If you are relying automatically on specific coping mechanisms, you've got to become aware of where they're coming from. You know, those cues when you're feeling certain emotions that are causing you to do certain actions why you tend to go to those actions, what are you craving, what's the reward that you're expecting to get from them, and then thinking of alternatives that could still give you a similar sensation and a similar reward, but maybe without the negative consequences. I like to end each episode of The Self Set with a self-reflection question. This week's question is a two-part question. Just as we've talked about in this podcast episode, first step is about becoming aware. If you can, I suggest that you make a list of recent experiences, maybe in the past year or past three months, where you have felt a certain way, whether you felt anxious or nervous or angry, and what you did in those moments. You know, when have been those times that you automatically relied on coping mechanisms that you no longer want to rely on? The more detailed you can get, In your reflection here, the easier it'll be to really start to notice the patterns. You might notice the feelings that you tend to feel when those situations happen, maybe the type of other triggers that are occurring that cause you to go towards these habits. You might be able to notice a pattern between the habits you tend to go to, the type of coping mechanisms you rely on, where they're coming from, what about them is comforting. A lot of reflection there. And the next step, the second part to this question is about finding the replacements, you know, really gain a good idea of what coping mechanisms you tend to go to and what are healthier ones that will give you a similar reward, you know, give you a similar sensation. This is your chance to make those alternatives much more available to yourself. You know, in my example, I could bring a pack of gum with me. You know, because my my habit of eating unhealthy, greasy food may be just the sensation of physically eating, in which case gum may meet that need and that reward. Another example would be, you know, relying on social media. Maybe it is the idea of scrolling that, you know, gets my brain away from whatever I'm 
getting upset about, in which case I can fill my phone with photos of dogs maybe would be much more comforting than mindlessly scrolling through Instagram. So that would be an alternative that would give me a similar sensation and reward of like social media, but in my mind would be healthier, less negative consequences. I really hope this helps. I hope this really helps you get more aware of where these coping mechanisms are coming from and helps you really replace the ones you no longer want to do and replace them with ones that you see as healthier. I'd love to hear about uh, what coping mechanisms you tend to do if you identify with any of the ones we talked about in this episode. Please feel free to message me on Instagram. Love to chat about it. And if nothing else, I just really hope that this episode reminded you that it's okay to experience what you experience. You know, it's okay to have these habits or coping mechanisms that you might be unhappy with. Doesn't mean you need to get upset with yourself about them. Totally natural, normal to do these things that you might not be happy about. And that there's our options. There are ways to change. It's tricky. It's a process. But, you know, if you really want to rework your brain, our brains are flexible and we can make those changes to live happier, healthier lives. That sounds super cheesy. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.